What did you eat for breakfast? What did I eat for breakfast? Um, green juice. Oh, no, no, wa- waffles. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 133. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. In this episode, I chat to New York-based keyboard player and producer Cass Weinbrunn of CC Beats. Cass talks about his musical upbringing, becoming trained in classical and jazz on the piano, and then diving headfirst into the music industry to take any opportunity that has come his way. We also learn about Cass' love of architecture and project management, and how he invests in real estate and construction projects, as well as using those project management skills to apply to his music career, whether that is in the recording studio producing music with hip-hop artists or creating music for sync licensing opportunities. Finally, we hear how Cass is creating new opportunities for older or more obscure musicians from the past to be discovered by new audiences with the help of sampling, as well as how he feels there is a distinct lack of transparency with streaming royalties and sync royalties alike. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Cass Weinbrunn. You're from New York, is that correct? Yep. You're a keyboard player producer, so welcome, and, and how are you doing? I'm good, man. I just won a contest, so I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We'll get, we'll, we'll, I'll ask you about that in a minute, but yeah. So uh, for everyone listening, you know, what do you do for a living? What's your day-to-day look like? 
Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm a music project manager. I manage a couple of labels, and I manage my my own my own catalog as well as I do other project management for other industries. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm a project based kind of person, so I like work on different projects or different you know specific things, it's attainable small attainable goals that I could do every day, and or or small projects that I could lead to you know to lead to one. So right now, I'm working on trying to get my music into a musical format mm-hmm. for Broadway. Cool. So, I mean, that's one thing I'm doing right now. Um, but I mean, again, it's, you know, but there's, you know, there's events, there's sessions, there's, you know, people give me call for different opportunities to produce. So that's awesome. So what kind of music do you write primarily? What is, what is your uh, genre and the stuff that you work on? I'm a jazz trained, classical jazz trained musician. So, I mean, but jazz and classical music are the form, you know, are, are the foundations for it all. Absolutely. You know, whether it is Broadway, hip hop, pop music. So, I mean, for me, salsa, I, and I studied, you know, I, I mean, I'm like ethno, I studied ethnomusicology. So from a music from Africa and, you know, South America and, you know, not as, you know, Western, not as much Eastern music, not as much like, you know, music from India or China. I like it, but I never studied it. So it's like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like the one genre that I found that I could combine them all into one is, is hip hop mm-hmm. and Broadway. So, I mean, a pop music. So, I mean, you know, so that's the kind of genre I, I mean, you know, that's natural for me. I mean, I still think it's like, I don't like to put myself in a genre or put myself in a box. Sure. I just don't think music is, and music is natural, you know, expression. And so is art. So it's like when you put it into a genre of this or that, I just, I think you're limiting yourself. And I think it's like, you know, society has created boxes for, to hold people back. But when you see the boxes and you let them all go, you make you find your own vibe. So it's like, you know, I just go where where the gigs are, you know, and right now I'm getting a lot of hip hop gigs and trying to chase more gigs outside of that. So Awesome. So how did you get started? Like what what got you into music in the first place? My I come from a family of musicians. My father is a failed musician. Uh, my grandfather was a failed musician. My, my great grandmother was a was a successful musician. So they they had music. We had music in the family. They got me into music very, very early when I was like five, three and a half years old, five years old. I got, I mean, I got more serious as I mm. kept on doing it. So, um, you know, so by 10 years old, I, you know, my father bought me like the early, early uh, Wu-Tang and Eminem's albums. And I realized I wanted to be a producer. So in order to be a producer, I realized that I needed to figure out like a little bit of everything. So I played everything, you know, from Baroque music, you know, like, you know, figuring out Baroque and Bach. Moving on from that into jazz music in high school, um, I went to Manhattan School of Music um, for pre-college as a jazz musician and, um, you know, classical music and jazz music and then Broadway in high school, but also listening to hip hop at the same time. And then, then, then in college, you know, I, I was able to study ethnomusicology. So I did everything from salsa band, jazz band, you know, I mean, making beats to film scoring to so and then playing. Yeah. So I've always been doing music. And then to, after graduating, I got my calls with Action Bronson and um, Static Selecta and recently Two Chains and Black Thought of the Roots and play the Blue Note with Black Thought of the Roots. I mean, you know, and I've done some stadium work as an MD. So, I mean, it's like I've been making music my life, you know, and it's just I've been blessed enough to keep on doing it and even making it into a career and whatnot. So it's... That's fantastic. It's, it's you know, it's the foundations are important. Anybody can play music now, but still it's like, I mean, I don't, I, mean, I, I wonder how many people that can like really like study and like read, read the music, you know, I mean, write the music, you know, I mean, have sheet music, you know, really arrange things, you know, it's, I think it's a lost art. That's a dying art form, you know? So it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from that kind of world, you know, but I apply it in modern times. Fantastic. So going back to your, your family, I mean, what, what is your, 
definition of a failed musician versus a successful musician? Are you talking just financially or, you know, how, how are you defining that? They quit. Okay. They quit. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't pursue it. They never pursued it. They practiced it. They pers- you never, but they never pursued it. You know, it's like they, they weren't good enough. Like they, they, they kept playing it, but they just weren't good enough. They loved it, but they never were, they never were good enough. So when I was able to, so they, so when they, they, they got me and my brother, my brother also was, is, is he never picked it up. You know, he, he, he tried to learn bass, but it's like, you know, he just wasn't, he wasn't good enough. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't, I was, when I was in, in the high school, I was playing in five different bands already. Mm-hmm. Like I was, you know, I mean, there's, you know, just, I mean, if you, I think it's one of those things is either, I mean, yes, you can do it now and very easily, but I still think there is that, that, that factor of you really getting it, you know, it's a, it's a language, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, it's, you know, cause if you think about a keyboard or octaves it's like there's only like 12 12 notes in an octave yep. it's a language you know so it's i really think it's like it's i mean some people say that it doesn't you don't choose it it chooses you i just feel like if you're gonna burp, i mean if, if you're for you to pursue it i think you really have to really have to understand it you know because it's like when i get called from everything from film scores to like tracks with action brats into like hip-hop stuff to like i've done stuff with Ghostface, i've done stuff with you know then i've done stuff for a broadway musical coming out next year I mean, it's like you have to be prepared for each of those calls. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then the other day, just in a session, then they're like, you know, I had to replay all the samples, one take. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's that, that's the nature of it. It's like, you know, I, th- I think I think we just need to have more, and society needs to have more, you know, emphasis emphasis on like musicianship and like, you know, what it really takes to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, even now, it's like the guys that I went to school with, I'm, they're, they're all pursuing it. It's really great to see. That's awesome. Jazz musicians and like, you know, saxophonists and... Mm-hmm. Cool. So you you work also in in construction investing, mm-hmm. and you've got a CC Beats and then CC Investments. Mm-hmm. So could you talk a little bit about the difference and and you know how that combines? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So CC Beats is me and my production partner. We do a bunch of. We have like four hundred beats there. We have, and it's basically the label. Um, I'm part of the label that I'm managing of the catalog. So I get to um, yeah a lot of beats there. I'm, uh, you know, we just won a con- radio contest hosted by Dynasty Radio. So that was really cool. You know, so I'm hosting, you know, I manage that investment as well as managing CC investments where I use project management skills of organizing and, you know, getting things together for projects from the music and just applying that to more concrete opportunities in like, you know, in construction project management and real estate and just being able to like, you know, understand like what I could do with that. There are technologies available that makes, you know, the project management situation for real estate much more easier to understand, you know, from, from building information modeling to, to, to just making you know, smart opportunities regarding, regarding X, you know, with, with spreadsheets and just, and just transparent transparency, you know, it's always a big, big fight, but now when you can see what you want to build and then something you can create jobs and economic activity. So I've been also invested into that, you know, that, that, that field as well. And it's just, you know, just having other opportunities and other income opportunities, other, other ways of supporting myself rather than just, relying on you know on, on music which is which could be very very challenging at times when you know when there's when when, when there's still transparency issues needed mm. so i mean until then although the numbers are in my right and it's although and i've had five sync placements and movie placements coming in which is great and i have had placements i still i mean i you know i just like communication mm. you know it's like i just like talk to somebody i want to see what the rate is i mean it shouldn't be a political situation i know what the price of wood is i know how to buy wood three different places i know what the price of paint is 
Why should we know what the rate of the stream is? Absolutely. When we know what the did, when 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 we when we can see what the dividend is from the from from the from the Spotify stocks and all the Fang stocks. Mm. So maybe it's politics is the next career to figure out this question. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people have been you know in the political space. Like Ari Herstand, for one, is is definitely promoting that kind of legislation for for paying artists and, and Sonny Bono. Things, so rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it does sound like that you're taking a lot of the construction project management and like just supplanting the skills in the music industry and really taking a ton of skills into that, you know, the, that world, which is really cool. Like f f for you, though, how important is it? And, you know, tell tell the listeners, you know, how important is it for multiple to have multiple streams of income? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, if you listen to the success of Jay-Z, I mean, it's like there's, I mean, how many other, I mean, the music was selling everything really, but but the music itself, whether it was rock wear, you know, fashion brand, or was it, whether it was, you know, I mean, other things that they're doing, you know, other investments that they got into, you know, I mean, tech or, or now, and now he's a venture capitalist with his, with his firm. But I mean, before that, like the rise, they were buying real estate where we're regarding their success. So it's just, I mean, I think it's part of the nature of the game. It's like, you have to be aware. Like I started my, I have a clothing, I'm starting to get my clothing into clothing and other products and Shopify and things like that. You know, just being aware of what's going on. It's like, again, it's like playing to your, you know, just, just being, and just picking up new skills. It's like, you know, I mean, being a musician nowadays is, is like when, when 60,000 people are uploading tracks a day, you know, it's like, I mean, unless you really have a lot of tracks to upload or you have things to do, like, or if you love this more than anything, you just want to be aware of that. Like the world does not need another music, you know, does not need more musical offerings. Mm. I mean, unless you really are, you know, unless it's for yourself. Like, I think a lot of people think that they, people owe them. Nothing is, nothing is owed to them everything is you know everything is earned hmm. realistically everybody's like even you know when somebody listens to your song you know you've earned their their respect to listen to them you know i mean i'm still a fan in the end of the day but it's like you know it's, it's just just having the mindset of being aware of what is needed is just from society and just what the you know what the where what the economics of of of, of the of the business are is so important for your own success hmm. And it's like some people are like, yeah, I want to quit my day job. I mean, that's like, you know, take, keep the jobs. Keep the jobs as they come. Always keep them because it's like you never know if you're going to get the money. I mean, we can see from COVID, like, you know, I mean, it's life is life can be very short. Mm -hmm. So just be able to maximize the time that you have and just stay, 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 you know, stay, stay aware of what's going on. You don't need too much. Yeah. But I mean, in the end of the day, it's like you want to be aware of like what is what is being asked for and just push yourself to like get and into other investments. I mean, that's why for me, it's like, I like, I like organizing. I like, I like architecture. I like, you know, interior design. I like organizing things. I like, you know, I like putting together projects, whether it's for music or whether it is for, um, you know, whether it is for things. That's why I got into it because I like doing it. So it's like, you know, I mean, I, it's not a chore for me to do, to do that, but it's, you know, it's like, you have to find, yeah. I mean, I think it's for anything you do. It's like, if you find a world, you have to love it. Absolutely. So could you talk a little bit more about sync licensing and, you know, what you're involved in and, you know, maybe what the process is to do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's all about really getting your brand out there. You know, it's like, I, I, I mean, for me, it's like whatever, whenever, whenever somebody gave me a credit, especially getting out in the, the hip hop world, I would leverage that. 
I'll showcase to every single person that I, I mean, whoever uh, go into all the different Facebook groups, all the different sync groups, the music x-ray, the song trader, the taxi, the, the other thing. And then, you know, just submit my music because I've already, I mean, or tell them that I have 32 million streams and seeing if they want to work with me, mm. you know, I mean, essentially from there, you know? So, I mean, it's, when you deal with sync licensing, you basically get your music into different catalogs, you know, different representations, you know, different, different people, um, different agents basically act as your representation. So, I mean, I worked with one agent, you know, first coming out, she didn't really do very much for me. I think there's like, she had some kind of like jealousy problems or just wasn't, wasn't a good person, but I mean, still, she got me some placements. Now I'm working with somebody else. Now it's like, I, but I'm also developing relationships with different people and different labels as I, as, as, as I get my, as I, as I establish my brand, as I win more radio contests or songwriting contests. And that's the best way of doing it. I think if you're, if you're a songwriter, you should apply for con songwriting contests, not saying that you should win every single one, but it's still the best exposure that you can get because you're getting exposure from the real people. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like some, something, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, I, I mean, that's what I believe. There are free competitions like remix contests that I used to do. But it's like for exposure and for, you know, experience. And there's also, you know, sometimes you have to pay a little bit. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, if you're growing your brand and you're making, you know, people want to contact you and you're, you know, you're reliable and you're, you're aware and you're, you can talk to somebody. It's in the end of the day, it's like, I think that's going for, for you, you know? So it's, mm. but just, you know, I mean, just that, that's the way it works. It's like, you know, you have to make music because you love it and then, and then take it from there. I mean, if you find you need money, you might find that you might want to go to other businesses right. to get the quick cash, you know, to quit the, 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 the fair investment. And until the stream rate is known and, and independent musicians can basically supply their own, you know, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast, but that's, I mean, look, it's, it's worth, it's the, the fight's worth having. Like, I mean, I mean, it's like I'm trying to create jobs out of the success that I've had. I want the one dollar to one stream rate. Mm. I don't want to pay for for for. for I don't like payola scams that are are hurting the industry. Mm. No, for sure. Cool. Well, th thanks for sharing that. I mean, you mentioned winning a competition. You just won a competition. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, where uh, right before COVID, I won the I won the my first competition with um, New York Topliners. They 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 have like different remix competitions and different get people in the industry together. And for me, it was just an opportunity to like expand my network and and to be able to play play a song at Chelsea Music Hall, which is right down to where I'm where I'm from. But it's like. And the end of the day, it's like I wanted to get a gig there, and it was like you, you know, you had to be more established in order to get a gig. Maybe they wouldn't take my call, but with these guys, they took my call, and they're always able to break a record in. And it was like you know, and, and the, the song that I got won, won the won the won the contest against everybody else, which was really cool. But then COVID hit, <laughs> so I mean, but which was but I was planning for this, you know. I mean, I was for me, it's like I saw that coming, you know. Not I didn't see COVID coming. But it's like I was already in the stage for me as a, for, for business wise, I was going to be investing into my music and get my brand out there more so because I knew it will yield more. So that, that that's what I was working on. So it's like, you know, I mean, you know, I radio contests are great. And then just recently I just won this one um, with Dynasty Radio waiting to see when she calls back, hopefully get some promotion money. Anyways, it, it was another one of these um, online radio contests, you know, again, just getting more exposure for the for my brand. And, and my songs and it's like it's the best way it's like you know i think you could buy you know you could buy followers you could buy you know streams in a sense which you know i mean but it's like but can you buy really buy talent i don't think so i think you could buy training but you really have to you know it's something that you have to really it has to be in you to really find what 
And that's what really helps, you know, especially when you're thinking about everybody else. If you have the knowledge and the, you know, for, for me, if I have all these tools at my fingertips from studying classical music and jazz music and hip hop and working, you know, already having, you know, seeing what is needed. It's like, and the musicology aspect of like, you know, the research of all the failed musicians or not the failed musicians, all the lost musicians and lost records. And it's like, you could find something new. I think people want to play, you know, it's easy to find to play, you know, chase the wave rather than uh. do something different. And I think as artists, you need to, you know, or if you're songwriters, it's like, if you really want to find, find, do this, you find, find, find your way of doing it, I believe. And that's, but I remember everybody has a different way of doing it. You know, some people I know just want to play a specific style that nobody listens to, <laughs> you know, and, and you have to respect them for that. But I mean, for me, it's like, I'll, you know, I, the complexity of jazz I love, but it's like, I love, you know, simplifying jazz music and making it more into like, you know, hip hop beds for, for storytellers and masters of ceremony or MCs or whatever storytellers and related, you know, and people with a positive relatable message can be able to explain themselves. You know, I think it's, you know, the, the beauty of society, you know, beauty of technology is that it created new, new opportunities. You know, we just have to see, we just have to see how, I mean, I think I'm hopeful that we're going to get more value in the stream rates. I mean, Spotify mm. said that they want to increase their streams. Everybody says they want to do it. I mean, it's just about giving it back to the, you know, the direct to consumer, direct to the artist. Right. For sure. So I was, I was trolling your Instagram and you, you'd put out a thing about Chick Corea seems like you, you are, yeah. he's a big influence. So can you talk about that? When did, when did you yeah, discover Chick's sure. music and what does he mean to you? Yeah, man. Miles Davis is a huge influence. I mean, Miles Davis, I mean, kind of blue. I mean, it's like, I mean, Miles Davis, you know, I mean, basically he discovered Chick, you know, Miles, mm, right. I mean, put, I mean, it's Miles Davis was such an inspiration and still is. I mean, he changed his sounds six or seven different times or even eight different times. He changed his band eight different times, but yet said a word. I just think as a modern right. musician, that's the whole entire preface to like, you know, the history to think about. Like if you're a musician, I mean, think about sound and genre. It's like you want to create a sound, but you also want to, you know, you want to be, you know, you want to change your sound. Mm. You want to, you know, go, you want to evolve. And it's like, you know, I mean, but you still have the same fundamentals of, of the music that is needed. And it's like Chick himself as an incredible piano player and his melodic sense i mean for me it's just so it's, it's so inspiring to you know it's very very i loved his i loved his voice and the and how many how many different bands he did for his with, with his stuff you know and how many and how fearless he was and friendly and how curious he was as a musician and it's like it's still how technical he was at the same time you can still play the standards like nobody else like you know i mean it's you know i i just think i mean now he sings now he subs is such an incredible incredible recording for that he did in the 70s as a piano player i mean he was a child prodigy you know i mean it's but i mean his i mean you know i mean his spirit the recordings like i mean his me mentality about what is you know how to listen to how to make music i think is still very inspiring to me and something that i think about especially playing with what playing with meaning rather than playing too much mm. it's like doesn't need to be there and i think that's you know space both him and Miles were all about space and the music itself. And it's like, you could hear it. Like, I mean, when, when to overplay, when to play more, when to play less. And it's like, when, even when you're not, even outside of jazz, that's, I, I those concepts still work so well. And it's, it's also important to understand jazz musicians, I feel like still are the, some of the greatest musicians in the world, but they don't really deserve, they don't, they don't get their flowers as, 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 as real true leaders and true foundational parts 
of 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 hip hop, of R and B, of soul, of modern music. Mm. You know, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm, I, but I also, I, I mean, I'll personally, on a personal note, I'm still waiting to see Wynton Marsalis play with Nas. So it's like, I mean, you know, I think, I think there should be there, there, there could be both, and and still see more jazz musicians with hip hop people and hip hop with more jazz people. Like, I just think even in New York, when the when the worlds are very close in like area and certain, you know, and you know, I mean, I, and the, you know, I mean, they're they're, they're very, I mean, they're, you know, the the, I mean, the, the hip hop studios are or the ones that I go to are they're in Bushwick. You know, or downtown, uh, or Lower East Side, and then the um, and then the jazz guys are in the, the West Village. So it's like, I mean, they're not; <laughs> they're only a subway stop away, realistically. Right. And I just, I just don't understand. I mean, I mean, because it's like for me, I use the, the mentality from both ways of looking at it, and it's like I still like love and admire jazz musicians, but I mean, it just, I mean, for the music that I've yielded and turned into a business, I mean, it's taking taking part of that. And then, and, and, you know, and putting it into and, and making it so it could be more relatable, mm. but not losing the authenticity, you know, I mean, it's, it's just important. Like, and it gives you, I mean, again, it's like, you know, knowledge, people say knowledge is power. I think knowledge is just gives you, gives you experience mm-hmm. and, and ways of like looking around things and you could be still always be inspired. For sure. Because I still want to hear all the genres together. I mean, and, and it's like, so, I mean. Luckily, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm able to stay busy, but it's, you know, I just think that, I mean, mind that also the attitude is also very, very important, you know, and it's like, if you have a backwards attitude or if you have a very conservative attitude, it's going to only, only going to limit your, mm-hmm. your limit, your growth. Absolutely. So, so maybe we'll see that's the next new kind of fusion music is, is hip hop and jazz. It's already been going on since the nineties. I mean, tribe called quest, the 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 um, the the uh. hieroglyphics, the the, the 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 there's gangstar. Who am I? They're on the tip of my tongue. Um, Jay Dilla, Robert Glasper. I mean, this has been going on. Like, I mean, it's most deaf, a black moon, black. Um, uh, yeah. Um, you know, um, black. I mean, even the roots themselves. You know, I mean, even, I feel like they're more soul influenced, but I mean, still, I mean, it's you know, I mean, from bebop to hip hop, it's like. It's, I mean, now lo-fi is becoming popular, which is really great to hear because lo-fi to me is like, you know, calm, uh, not a different, like electronica meets J. Dilla. You know, it's like, it's, you know, I mean, and I'm grateful that the guys that I got in touch with, like Static and Action Bronson, then Joey Badass, they appreciated, they appreciated jazz. And it was great to hear that these people at their level of success, which is, you know, very, very successful. That they could appreciate, you know, the foundations of what makes that music great and what really makes the music great. And it's like, you know, and it was it was great to work with and the respect for me and how I was able to, you know, utilize. And, you know, when I remember the first session I did with him, he was like, I don't know about those chords. But now it's like, you know, we did a whole entire jazz tribute and you could hear the jazz influence within his modern recordings. It's really great to see. Mm. But again, it's like. I just wish there was like, you know, there was more communication between the jazz world and us, what, what, what we were doing. Right. Or seeing like, I mean, and that's, you know, and again, it's like, I just, maybe it's because of the social economic thing or what, I mean, which I think is actually really horrible to, to say that. But I mean, I heard people saying like, yeah, I don't listen to it because it's not where the world I come from. Very, very, very horrible for a jazz musician to say. Right. But it's like at the same time, or maybe it's like just because of confusion or not knowledge or just. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know how to, you know, I just don't know how to do it. So it's like, Miles is my hero. And it's like, he made records with Easy Mo B. 
Last record, Biggie died you know, on the corner. Mm. Easy Mobi produced for Biggie Smalls, like, like, and so many other people as well. He's an iconic, legendary hip hop producer. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think, I think, I think that the whole entire beauty of hip hop is that hip hop is everything. You know, it's, 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 yeah, everything could be hip hop. It's not, it's not just a specific art form. It's not just specific people scratching or specific people rapping. It's, it's also the, the way that the records come together. I mean, the samples, bringing back the sample flip is such a samples is such an important element for keeping the modern music alive. Mm. You know, the art of sampling is so important. And it's like, I feel like more musicians should at least, I think every single musician personally should actually, you know, should, should look into a sample or look into remixing a song from somebody who's lost, who never was able or like or retired or came out in the seventies or like 40 years ago. And they could use the money and then you could be making music for, for, for reasons, mm. you know, for, for good reasons, you know, to bring back somebody, a lost, a lost recording, thanks to sampling, thanks to, you know, what, what, I mean, house also has, you know, and pop music also uses samples, but I mean, I just think the art of bringing and then really doing the research that is needed is just so important that people forget on. Yeah. So, that's, that's a really cool way of looking at that. You, so often you hear that people who sample are kind of quote unquote stealing and they're, and they're ripping someone off. But, you know, no, you make a really great point that you're kind of bringing back this music for other people to hear. And it's, you know, it's, it's benefiting the original music. You're not, you're not doing a disservice. That's, that's really cool way of looking at it. It's a beautiful way. It's Mm. a beautiful way. It keeps the music alive. And it's like, you know, you have a reason to, you know, make, I mean, and just also inspires, you know, I think, I mean, it's, you know, and also you could really find your own way of doing this. I mean, especially now the new tools of Tracklib that's making it so much more easier to clear and directly get in touch with the sample directly. Like it's, it hasn't been better time necessarily. You know, I got to work with one of my heroes, um, Dexter Wanzel, the incredible piano player and producer himself. And um, I got, I got tasked to, to remix one of his songs via Tracklib contest who got in touch with me because Static was using the service and they kind of, they found out about, you know, me via, via him. But it's like, you know, I mean, then I was able to reach out to him directly. And that's one of my, you know, a, a huge influence on my sound as well. You know, and it's like, you know, I mean, the modern funk sounds and like, you know, just people outside of jazz, the musicians outside of specific jazz world who are, you know, can be inspiring. And it's also bridges the, the worlds together. The other thing in the sample world, we used um, Gary, um, who, who not forgetting on his, getting another guy that I'm forgetting on his name, but, um, Gary Bartz. Gary Bartz is an incredible saxophonist, uh, alto saxophonist. He's about like, I think he's about 70 something right now. Um, older African-American guy and an incredible musician. Made some really incredible classics, jazz musician that not many people really know who he was. We remixed him and put Freddie Gibbs and Joey Badass on it. <laughs> and Static Static found it, reflipped his sample and it's and it got a million plays. Like, yeah. or no, no, I think it now has three million now. It's called Carry On. And just for being part of like inspiring that, I was happy because it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, we brought back Gary Bartz, who was like, you know, who was lucky guy. I think he has, he has a teaching job. But I mean, regardless, we brought back his recordings to a totally new generation that probably wouldn't have not listened to it if it wasn't wasn't for the art of sampling mm. and the art of that music. So, I mean, there's there's, you know, it's a most one of the most beautiful things about music is that it can bring back the dead, essentially, to bring back a lost recording. That's cool. All right, so I, we'll move on to the section I like to call the non-quickfire question round. So what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did that teach you? 
for me, I actually got when I went through some de depression myself a couple years ago. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't, just wasn't just too hot about myself. And what I did mm -hmm. was I focused on small goals that I could do every day that I was able to. So I was like slowly and surely, I was able to get out of my depression by focusing on goals I was able to accomplish. It's just like, you know, if I, even if it wasn't anything regarding to business, but I mean, that, that was a real serious, you know, something that was definitely negative in my life. You know, I mean, by focusing on attainable small goals that I could bang out and I could really be proud of every, every single job, that's what really got me my, my mojo, my, my, you know, my, 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 my mojo back. And I was able to, you know, come at it and also getting myself out of the situations that were negative for me. And I focused in on situations that I found positive that I enjoyed and taking it from there and focusing on this, the positive things, not focusing on the negative things that were, were leading, to my, leading to my stress. Awesome. Th thank you so much for sharing that. What major positive experience has given you the push to follow this journey? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I mean, the journey is life, you know, I mean, I think life is a marathon for me, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just about, I mean, just staying positive and staying, you know, I'm very proud of the music that I'm doing. And I feel like I have an honor to my, myself as well as an honor to, you know, as a spiritual person as well. So an honor for God and honor for more things to make music. So it's, it's like, you know, I, I feel like it's the honor that I need to keep on chasing. That's, you know, just to keep on worth, you know, worth living. And it just, you know, for other ways, I mean, since I have this attitude, you know, I mean, even during the pandemic, it was like, you know, I had this attitude, keep me going through it, just attainable, small, attainable goals. So it's like, you know, maybe focusing on small, small, small areas and seeing if it was, if there was opportunities for that, you know, I mean, it's, you know, even regarding regarding what I do, you know, just having that small, the positive attitude and just being able to find attainable goals is really helpful. Fantastic. What is one resource, be that a podcast, a book, a blog, et cetera, would you recommend to artists looking to be successful? I think, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of resources online and seeing like what is going on. I think if you're, if you're an artist or if you're a musician, Finding the demand and seeing if you can supply the demand is really important. Whether it is finding the seeing who are buying songs, like whether it is going to Music X-Ray and seeing who's being at what songs are being asked for, not applying for the songs because you know I mean unless you want to, but I was just seeing what the there there that I mean all three of those sites, Song Trader, and Taxi, and it's like you know I mean Taxi. Although I I was I, I mean I won awards in all three of them. Except, I mean, the, the problem is it's still the transparency, but at least, you know, I mean, the song trader told me he was who I, who I won a war with music x-ray. The, the, the deal didn't really work out, but I mean, it was, I mean, but, uh, but it's still in taxi the deal didn't really work out. It was more about just, I mean, the best deals I've had were actually direct, but I mean, but still being asked, but still seeing what is the supply, what is the demand that's being looked for is, is the best way of looking at it. You know, I think it's like, you know, when you want to, if you're inspired to make music, at least if you want to have a reason, I feel like that can inspire you more so mm. to try and, you know, to figure it out. And I know people who make a living off doing just sync stuff. You know, they, they, they sell stuff that is needed for, you know, for, for sync. And then they, they go to back, back to making their the music that they want to make. So that's what I say for, for, from my perspective that has really helped me. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's still, I mean, and that's, that's my attitude for finding work and finding opportunities as well. It's like, I mean, getting my name out and seeing what's, what's the next project to really bid on or for, for construction or what's the next project that I could, um, you know, you know, architecture or remix contests or, you know, see, see what is needed out of the, out of the market. You know, I mean, it's totally different fields, but it's the same attitude. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. Last question is what does music mean to you? 
I mean, I'm a spiritual person by, by, you know, I mean, I'm also a trained musician since I was five. So it's, it's, you know, for me, the music that I make is, 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 is an honor to my craft as well as an honor and, 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 a, and a blessing back to the people. You know, I think music is for the people. That's why I'm so passionate about this transparency thing, because it's like, I think we should have, we should create real economic opportunities out of the success from streaming. Mm. I think there should be, op- you know, there shouldn't be all this, you know, the, 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 the smoke and mirrors of the last world has really created, you know, problems, serious problems that we really need to have the right people fighting for this to create really economic opportunities for artists and creatives. So, I mean, that, that's what I'm using with my success. It's like, I mean, how can we fight? How can I fight? How can I use that to fight for the better opportunities? You know, also besides, you know, win awards, but not even about winning awards, but it's, it's, it's really about fighting for transparency. And it's like, you know, I mean, I want to use the success that I've had and even, you know, the situation that I'm in compared to some what people all can't be because of the unfortunate boxes of society. But not even that. I'm just, I mean, again, it's like, I mean, I believe that boxes are temporary. I mean, it's like, you need to fight for what is right. I think it's like when, when people could see what is really going on, I think there could be more, you know, I mean, I think there's be less people trying to take advantage of people and more people trying to work for with each, with the people that they want to work with for the better and the mutual, mutual opportunity. Mm. That's what music means to me. That's, that's a fantastic attitude. Thank you so much. All right. So if people want to get in touch and find out, you know, about your music, about you, where can they go? Well, um, the easiest is my Instagram, um, cast keyboard producer, um, but I mean, and that, that's on Instagram. There's also CC beats, but I mean, everything is there. Cast keyboard producer and then CC beats. You see it twice.com is coming soon. Um, we're, we're just rebranding, but, um, everything is, you know, just cast keyboard producer. That'd be the best way of looking at it. Cool. Thank you though. No problem. I'll, I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, so at the end, I like to play a piece of music usually by the, the artist I'm interviewing. So what can we hear? The new song that just came out on my Spotify. It's called Get a Room. It's my last, my, my latest summer single. Okay, cool. And could you give us a story behind it? Um, a story behind this record? It's not, it's not, it's not a great story. I mean, we, we just got in touch with Mickey Shiloh and um, she wrote a really uh, couple smashes to our records and um, we were able to put them out. So um, Mickey Shiloh is an incredible singer from, um, and really cool, like label head and really young, like, like person in the game who's like the records for Janet Jackson and Randy and, and dark child and now became independent and is starting her own, um, her own label. And um, yeah, it's a summer smash. Um, we, we got a couple of different people wanted to put it out there. We finally got, we got, finally got to put that, put it out there. So if you're a fan of like, I mean, it has like the summer good vibes, Diplo, Sia kind of vibes, you know, um, hopefully, you know, you, you'll like it. Awesome. Thanks so much. But if not, again, it's like, I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. There you go. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. So uh, thank you for joining me. Yeah. For, thank you for having me as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musician's community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items, such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. 
The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Cass Weinbrunn, also known as CC Beats, with Get A Room. I'm looking good right now I've been getting ready for a little while Come and smooth me up so we can go Get around. 